When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. We are safe. We are safe. We're worried about our workouts. I mean, our selfish selves are worried about our workouts. <laughs> Not that the gym owners are going to, you know, be struggling. No. Well, that's can I work out? No. I mean, a lot of these small uh, gyms, these small gym owners, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna survive. They're not going to be closed if there's a surge, if the spike goes past 9%. I believe the gyms will still stay open based on what he just said. Well, you know, we talk all the time about the psychological effects of the lockdown and the depression, which it does cause. And I don't know, but it seems to me, especially for Sid Rosenberg, myself, but it seems to me there are millions and millions of people who deal with stress and depression rather than through medication by going to the gym. It was raining hard in Frisco. I needed one more fare to make my night. A lady up ahead waved to flag me down. She got in at the light. Oh, where you going to, my lady blue? It's a shame you ruined your gown in the rain. She just looked out the window She said, 16 parks, I think Harry Chapin, a big Bernie and Sid favorite There was some Bernie and Sid back and forth And we were wrong, we thought they wouldn't close down the gyms Oh, they did They closed them down, all right But I did what every obnoxious, arrogant American would do, and I actually took the gym equipment from my downstairs in my building and put it in my apartment. And um, I remember I called the guy. I said, Bernie, here's what I'm going to do. Bernie's like, no, oh, I'm good. I, You know, I got my own weights in my garage, and I, you know, I run on the boardwalk, and I do push-ups on the scaffolds. I go, I can't do that stuff. Come on. Bernie was like a real outfit, you know. I'm like, I need a gym. I'm, I'm a weight guy, you know. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call my guy who runs the building. I'm going to take the equipment. He goes, well, you can't do that. I said, why can't I? He said, because there's a lot of apartments. Said, what do you mean? I said, watch me. And I called the guy. A guy named Taylor was his name, Taylor. And I said, hey, uh, Taylor, the gym's closed, right, because of COVID. He said, yeah, it's closed. I said, well, um, what a waste of good gym equipment, right? He goes, yes. I said, well, I'm going to take it. He said, What? I said, I'm going to take it. I'm, I, I tell you, the gym is closed, New York Sports Club. I need a gym. And he said, well, I can't do that. I mean, there's other people who live in the apartment. I said, well, let me ask you this. Who pays more rent than me? And Danielle, he said, well, you, you have the the most expensive apartment. I said, I'm going to take it. That's it. Or I just won't pay your rent. <laughs> I, I, I became that much of a dick. And for the next six months, I had the gym equipment from my building in my apartment. No surprise there. (laughs) 
And then I had a hard time giving it back because the gyms are open. I was already going back to New York Sports Club. I was going to Equinox. All this. But I still like the idea of having this stuff in my apartment. But the building was open. He goes, can we get it back? I mean, it, you know, it's not yours. I said, yes, of course. Don't be silly. I mean, you know, it took me like a month. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good gym story, me and Bernie. Uh, Frank Morano is the very, very talented, tremendously talented host of Other Side of Midnight, 1 to 5 a.m. every weekday morning. He's on this show at least once a week. And he's back on this special Bernie Remembrance Day. Francis Arthur, how are you? I am doing great, Sid. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on, and I appreciate that stroll down memory lane, hearing that uh, great American story of theft and workout enthusiasm. Yeah, it's uh, it's great yeah. to be on uh, on the special tribute show for uh, for Bernie. I was a big fan of Bernie on the radio, and yeah. from the time that he uh, came yeah. back to WABC in right. two thousand seven, right. uh, not yeah. back, but uh, oh, I, I was a, okay. a right. friend Cons of his, a fine. great guy. Fine. Fine. He, fine, okay, fine. You know, he was a big. Stood, uh, he was a big Troublemaker he stood with up you? For me no, no. Him and Jill. Would, him and Jill. Bash me. Him and Jill were big troublemakers with you. Big. Yeah. That I see. I I remember it the other way around. No, 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 no. You no. would they, pick on me, and he would. No, 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 no. I ragged on you because see, this is how these things go. I ragged on you, uh, Frank, because both Bernie and Jill said to me, Frank hates you, and he's really close <laughs> with this new guy coming. And I go, what new guy? And they're like John Katzen or something or other. I don't know. And I'm like, he is? And this guy's buying the station? I'm like, yeah. And Frank's close with uh, with him. And he's going to take over your morning show, either him or Piscopo. And that's how they and, and Bernie and Jill would tell me that all the time, so. Well, in any event, uh, you're doing a great job. And uh, I, uh, the ah. thing that uh, I don't know that people have an appreciation for is how tough it is not only to do a show like what you're doing for six hours, but how tough the last uh, two years have been for you. And uh, I know that everyone talks about uh, how much we miss Bernie, and we certainly do. I do. But uh, from December of 2021 till the time that Bernie passed away, you know, people need to understand that you basically had to flip a switch and not necessarily know if you were going to have a partner that day, not necessarily know how the show was going to be structured that day. And uh, the fact that after he passed away, everyone in the world was betting against you saying, oh, you're never going to be able to do this show on your own, never going to be able to shoulder this burden on your own. Um, and the fact that the show is still doing great, it's really incredible. So uh, as much as Bernie deserves a lot of credit for his entire career and really more important, what a great guy he was, I think you sincerely uh, deserve a lot of credit for the last year of Bernie's life and the last year since he's been gone. Well, that was really nice. Thank you. I really, I mean that. Thank you very, very no, much. I, well, I, Thank I'm you. being sincere because uh, everyone, rightly so, is paying tribute to Bernie. And uh, it's easy to forget, you know, that there were a lot of other people involved in making this show successful the last two years. Well, thank you. Thank you, Frank. And, and I did start up today's show by saying that uh, uh, certainly I miss Bernie on the radio. He's a, he's a talented radio guy. But I miss the friendship more. I miss the off-the-air stuff as much. And it's not because Bernie didn't have talent. Of course he did. But the truth is, if we're going to be honest here, uh, I have to give these guys credit, which you just did, basically. Lou Rufino, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, because you're right. When Bernie passed away, it was, oh, my God, should we get set upon her? Which was funny to me because when Bernie and I worked together, if I went on vacation, they threw a guy in with Bernie every time. I mean, Christ, Russ saw Yeah, I was that guy once in a while. Yeah, right. When Bernie was on vacation, I never took in a partner, and the ratings never went down. 
But there was some genuine concern. And um, if we're going to be completely honest during this conversation, Bernie and I never did nearly as well as Sid and Friends are doing. That's the truth. So these guys here, Lou and Justin and Noam, deserve a lot of that credit, too. So I appreciate you saying that because I, I miss Bernie on the air, but I miss the person. I, I've met very few people in my life that were better people than Bernard, who cared more, who just, like I said earlier, man, you know this, Frank, if I had an issue that day and I went to Bernie, if not 9 out of 10, maybe 10 out of 10, by the time we were done talking, I felt better. I know you had this, you know, similar experiences with Bernard. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't get to work with him uh, like you did, but I'll never forget what he told me when I came back to WABC, and it was uh, June or July of 2020, and we're just chatting for two minutes in between breaks in the morning, and uh, he said to me something that I guess every parent knows, but I didn't really have an understanding of and appreciation of until my son was born. He said, uh, you'll see one day, Frank, you're really only as happy as your unhappiest kid. He always said sure that, yeah. Yep. A- yeah. That yeah. Other- Someone else said that before him, but uh, I found that it was uh, so true. And he just had a way of boiling down important things about life off air in a manner that uh, very few could with as few words as he could. Right. I mean, that's, I I mean, for all the folks that loved him on air, and he's got legions of fans, and deservedly so. But for the folks that loved him on air, I wish I would have gotten to know him more off the air because we thought he was good on there. He was good. He was an amazing person off the air. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you. I, I wish he would let uh, those of us that liked him so much off air know him a bit better. I would ask him all the time, do you want to go for lunch? you want to go for a drink? Uh, it, about 99 times out of 100 in the 15 years that I knew him, the answer was no. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. want to. Uh, you know, I want to just do my thing and my personal well, and, life. And, 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 and it wasn't life. personal. It wasn't about you. He was no, like, no, no, no. Everybody. I didn't take right. it that way. I mean, y- you have to understand, yeah. I came back to New York in 2016, and you couldn't get closer than me and Bernard. And I'm going to let you guess how many times me and Bernie between 2016 and the day he passed away, this date last year, 2022, had dinner. The answer is zero. Uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, how many times did I see his wife, Carol? I didn't see Carol until Bernie died. Well, I shouldn't say that. The last year she was in studio once or twice because she took him for treatment. But the point is, for as close as we were, and we were brothers, to your point, I never saw Bernie outside. The show ended, and it wasn't 10.02. It wasn't 10.05. It was 10 o'clock, and my man was heading towards the Midtown Tunnel. We'd have events downstairs. Downstairs! He'd go home. (laughs) <laughs> so that was Bernie. You know, he did his show, and he did the show with me, and he loved it. But he really loved being home. He loved the beach. He loved his family. He was introspective while being very social when he was here. And those are the things that uh, Bernard loved, and it was terrific. You know, uh, when when things really mattered, though, he, you really could always count on him. I remember I had uh, emceed an event for the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation out on Long Island, I think in 2010 or, or 2009. And I invited all of my colleagues uh, from WABC and all my friends from Long Island to come out there and support the event. He was uh, the only one of my colleagues uh, from WABC that came out, out to support the event. Now, sure, he lived on Long Island. But he, this wasn't necessarily close to where he lived. And uh, he really, when things counted and you needed something and it was important, he was always there yes. for me. And I imagine yeah. that he was there for everyone. Oh, he was. 
I want to get to this um, this uh, whole decision to oust McCarthy. Uh, you were really good on it. When it first happened, a lot of folks have been kind of confused as to really what happened, what was Matt Gates's argument. Nancy Mace will join me coming up at 1030. Mike Lawler will join me today as well. So we're going to get some of the real players in this on this show this morning. But you had a really good grasp on what was going on, even down to when the vote was and some of the names that now we're hearing, people like Scalise and Jordan are looking to get their shot as the next speaker. So give us a little rundown, Frank, of what you've seen and what you think. Well, I, I think it's it was entirely predictable. I mean, the amazing thing about this is that it took nine months from the time that uh, McCarthy made this deal it, to allow only one person to call a motion to vacate. And you have this many unhappy folks in your conference. We had to know that this was that this was going to happen. That That's one thing. I think it's a shame that, uh, you know, 96 percent of the Republican conference can still support their speaker and only a handful of people are able to trigger this decision to go the other way. But the other thing is, uh, not only do I think McCarthy is somewhat at fault for going along with this rules change to make it so easy to remove the speaker, because in doing so, he made it so that the speakership, especially in this narrow majority, really wasn't something worth having. But he's also knowing how close the closely divided the the, uh, Congress was. He couldn't be the speaker and govern like he had a 20 seat majority, knowing that the Democrats could take him out along with a couple of dissidents. And yet that's exactly how he governed. I mean, the Sunday before he was taken out on Face the Nation, he basically did a kind of pro wrestling style promo on Margaret Brennan bashing the Democrats for this and bashing the Democrats for everything. Now, you can do that when you have a lot of wiggle room. But when you know you need at least a handful of them to save your speakership, you can't do that. And what they did, apparently, is they showed that Margaret Brennan video behind closed doors in Mm. the Democratic conference. And the Democrats from districts that Trump won were poised to save him before that. And then after that, they made the decision, all right, this guy wants to go on TV and bash us mm-hmm. and do a, an impeachment inquiry and do all these uh, investigations. No, why should we save this guy? So I think uh, McCarthy made some tactical errors, but I think kind of the media coverage of this, where they refer to this as all the right-wing dissidents, Nancy Mace, you can't really call her uh, an extreme right-winger. Same thing with Ken Buck. It's an oversimplification of the whole situation because there were a lot of very right-wing people like Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. They voted to keep McCarthy. So uh, how they're trying to frame this, it's ridiculous. And uh, people like John Cornyn, who are referring to these folks as terrorists. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, we live in New York. We know what real terrorists right, are. Right, and, right, right. Uh, yeah. for, for a guy to come say that uh, some people that wanted a new leader are terrorists. Yeah, they're trying Let's no, calm down. No, no, they're, Let's they're, calm down. If you've had an accident, trust Gabble Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabble Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 
Well, they are traitors, and, and I'll tell Nancy that I love Nancy. She loves me, but she's a traitor. Uh, terrorist is a bit much, but traitor works. Uh, I do want to move to RFK Jr. There's two people in my life that I love that uh, they just annoy me with this guy. You're one of them. Uh, you, you've not, now, you've calmed oh, down I'll the take, last couple I'll of take. months, but, my God, were you annoying two or three months ago. And then uh, I told you this, Jimmy Breslin's kid, Kevin Breslin, he also is in love with this uh, RFK Jr., who's a clown. But, um, look, he's uh, he's got the right last name, and he's not stupid. He's clownish, but he's not stupid. And uh, he may run now. He's going to run as an independent. And I don't care about that because no one cares about him and no one's going to vote for him. Uh, but uh, all I care about is, is he going to hurt my guy Trump? That's all I care about. Is he going to do that? I actually don't think so. I mean, look, the election's a year away, so we'll see, and we'll see if he makes it into the debates and where the where the goes. We'll see if there are debates. But I think uh, as of now, the polling suggests, and he's polling depending on which poll you look at, somewhere between 14% and 20% in a three-way race with Biden and Trump. It looks like he draws evenly from about both candidates. Now, is it possible that there might be some uh, closely watched state or two where he has more of an impact on Trump than Biden? Maybe. Uh, I mean, certainly my impression in uh, talking with Republicans is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is much more popular with Republicans and right-leaning independents than he is Democrats right now. His views on the lockdowns, on uh, vaccine choice and things like that, uh, those are a lot of views that typical Trump voters have. So the thing that's amazing to me is, uh, I mean, he's got money, he's got name recognition, but the thing that's amazing to me is the enthusiasm that a lot of his supporters, not just on the vaccine <laughs> issue either, have for him. And no, uh, I think no. he's going to do better than any third-party candidate since Idiot. Perot in 92. Right. Idiot. Well, well, I mean, you could say that, but uh, I think uh, the fact that uh, there was a poll out yesterday, Gallup poll, showing 63 percent of the American public think that uh, America needs a third major party Uh, and showing that only 38 percent of the country is excited about a Trump-Biden rematch. This is the year with a Trump-Biden redux Mm -hmm. where a a matchup that nobody wants to see happen, a lot of folks are going to be receptive to some sort of third party option. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you, but don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabolaw, where winning is no accident. A lot of folks. Yeah, well, I, I do. At least, a, um, you know, a, a one out of five, yeah. I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just saying he's, you know, he ain't no John Anderson, I'll tell you that. Well, I, I, I got a lot of respect for John B. Anderson, but uh, I think uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, he appeals to a lot of passions that John B. Anderson didn't necessarily. True. And, you know, John B. Anderson ran against a, a brilliant political um, personality like Ronald Reagan and a guy that, uh, even if he wasn't a brilliant political personality, was incredibly honest and a heck of a nice guy in Jimmy Carter. I'm not sure you could say the same thing about the current lineup. 
this time around. God, you are so smart. I, I know I say it all the time. I do, and I have no reason oh, to blow smoke up your ass. I really don't. But first of all, you've already done a overnight show, which is hours ago. Hours ago. Now you're off the air for three and a half hours. You sound like you just woke up and had a cup of coffee. You sound great. You're the smartest guy. I used to always say Bernie was the smartest guy in the room. I used to always say that. And uh, it wasn't you. I was. But I used to say it anyway. Uh, but the truth is, you're the smartest guy in the room. I swear to God, you are so – I don't even agree with some of this stuff. But you're so prepared and so smart – I got to give you credit, Frank. I think you're terrific. I really do. Uh, I, you're very kind to say that, but uh, I did lose my uh, one of my two beat Bernie appearances, so I'm not going to walk around. That game was not, rigged. That game was, was rigged. It Matt, was. Matt, Matt, I knew it. Matt Meany wrote that game to DNC. make sure Bernie would win every time. I thought so. <laughs> it's, it's the DNC contest all over again. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frank, great job. Willie, thank you so much for hopping on this morning. This was a great appearance. Thank you. Uh, Sid, uh, thank you for the opportunity. I always love being on the show in general, but especially on a, on a day like uh, today. And uh, I appreciate your friendship, and I appreciate being able to contribute to the show regularly. God bless you. You're great. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Morano, 1 to 5 a.m. every weekday morning, the other sign of midnight.